Hi, I'm your host, Anthony Giorgio, and you're listening to another episode of QT, Queer Teen Podcast, encouraging the next generation of queer youth from across the world to stand up for what's right. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Queer Teen Podcast. I'm super excited about my next guest. Uh, we basically found each other online. Um, I'm forming a massive community over in Africa uh, with some friends that are doing work um, from the ref- for the refugee camps uh, over there. They're trying to uh, take out the LGBT community because a lot of bad things are happening over there for them in Block 13. Um, but this person I'm going to speak to and you're all going to hear does really great work and I want you to get to know them. So take it away. Oh, yes, this is Ramadan Kagwa and I'm the executive director of Web of Legacy Alliance Initiative and also a pastor of Adonai International Ministries. Uh, Web of Legacy Alliance Initiative, formerly... <clears throat> Uh, it was started in 2018, and then it was fully registered under the government of Uganda in 2019. That was like October. And <clears throat> what it does, mainly we support homeless LGBTQ persons. Then we empower them economically. Yes, because when you, when you follow our Facebook page, you'll find some training skill trainings and also we do access to health like yes we link our members uh, those that need healthy care services to facilities that can offer the healthy care services freely to the lgbt community yeah as an organization we identified some of these facilities that can offer free services to the LGBTQ persons in Uganda. So we, through Linkage, we also do access to health. Another thing that we do, we always have supportive sessions. Yes, supportive sessions, for example, church. Um, our church, it's called Adonai, and it's church mainly for the LGBTQ persons because this was a gap that needed to be bridged. Many people, many Christians like religion in Uganda <clears throat> discriminate and exclude the LGBTQ person. They want to involve them in their narrative and all that, so they were discriminated. Well, but personally, I have experience on this and uh, I always shared with many young LGBTQ persons and it was the same case. So I realized it was a need and we need to that needed to be bridged. So this church is for the LGBTQ persons and we reach to our members with a message of hope, message of love. We spread love everywhere because they're hated and unloved. Yes, and they need a place where they can come and worship because worship is a right. And <clears throat> since our organization, the Web of League Alliance also tackles with uh, human rights and we're human rights defenders. 
So people being discriminated in church, church being like against the LGBT community, it was not really good. And then we had to come and advocate for the rights of people. So we realized religious advocacy, which was also something that was needed to our community. So I'm a pastor, yes, by calling and I was ordained, but I decided to serve the LGBT community where I fall to bring them closer, to create a meaningful relationship with God. Many people have told them that they're not loved. Whenever they go to church, they, they expect to hear a message that is so lifting, but unfortunately, all they hear is how they're not perfect, they're not good, and all that. So they need a place where they feel comfortable to lift up God, to worship. Yes, because worship is really a, an important issue. So at Adonai, we do that. It's a church for all people. We believe God is for all people. Yes. Um, that's beautiful. And I truly believe, the thing is, and I have a conversation with everybody that I've spoken with for this season, I often mm. say like the work you're doing and the work we're all doing uh jesus basically did the same work you know he was out mm -hmm. there in the desert doing his thing but uh people didn't like that so they killed him and yeah. which is not nice you know and but the all he was doing was bringing everybody together as one um yeah. so that's what you're doing what's what is your story what's your story up until this point, how did you, how do you identify what, what's your, what is, what's that for you living in Uganda? Oh, thank you so much. Um, this is my story. I grew up in a society that is so homophobic and transphobic. So as a young person that uh, growing up, uh, all I used to hear was like same sex relationship is evil. And personally, I grew up um, from church, I mean, we were too religious and served God. So I found it really hard for me <laughs> to believe in who I am. And because, moreover, it's all you can hear is like, gay people are bad, gay people came from hell, gay people are serving the devil. And it happens that you're okay. You cannot disclose your sexuality to everybody. So you're dying. I really had this uh, emotional torture. You know, no one has tortured you yet, but you're yes. having that torture. You're like, oh my God, I cannot talk about who I am before people. I don't know, you know? So, or is that's the life I lived? So time came and it was really hard on me. Uh, when I go to churches, I used to hear this. It's a spirit. It's a devil. This is demonic. So Tim came and I started coming out to wrong people, like people that were non that were homophobic, like pastors. So I sat them down and they're like, please, I want you to pray for me so that this demon, this spirit goes out of me. I don't need this. I don't want to be this. I did this and maintained these people that I used to go to, they disclosed my sexuality so fast. <laughs> so they could go to the pulpit like pastors, then they call me, they, they want to pray for me, they want to pray for me when other people are listening, then they tell you, 
okay, let's cast down the like, let's cast the spirit in this boy and all that. So when this happened, my family came to know that, you know, I was gay and, you know, it's something that I wanted to keep secret because I knew it was not good before because I, I used to hear them, they were not so supportive with this. So this really caused a lot and people were avoiding me. No one wanted me to talk to like to be near to their sons and daughters. They're like, no, you will teach them, you will separate the devil in you. So they discriminated me. And actually my family had to disown me, why? Because I was gay. I was something that wasn't important. I was a curse, I was a disgrace in my family and all that. So one time there was a time and I wanted to commit suicide. Yeah, this was the next thing that I thought. I could do because I didn't know any organization. I didn't know any person like an individual who was like me. And I used to say I'm the only gay in Uganda and it was really so bad. And then them um, came and I wanted to kill myself. Yeah, because I thought that was the only thing I could do. Everyone was hating me. I was homeless, you know, walking around in the streets of Kampala. You know, you don't have a family. You don't have anywhere to go when you're sick. You have to suffer alone. Um, so when I, uh, this is a time when I tried many things to kill myself, like one time I, I woke up well in, in, from my bed and then I, I was looking for a highway, so maybe a truck knocks me down. Uh, times I tried to, uh, actually many times I used, uh, I got a rope, but I wanted to commit suicide because I was not worthy. I felt like I was something, I was dreaming God, casting God. Yes, I had that love for God, but time came and I lost faith in God. All I thought was God is hating me and he doesn't love me. I'm a devil. <laughs> so all this, I wasn't young, but the torture was too much. So when I tried to do this and it failed because no one could kill himself knowing that you know, I'm now killing myself and this is the end of me. So what I had to do, uh, I had to sit down and I decided to accept myself, realize who I am, because many times I want to do this, but it wasn't the right thing to do. I accepted myself and I said, okay, um, this, if I, the only way I can overcome from being myself is when I die, but I don't want to die now. So let me accept myself. God helped me and I came, I realized some people that were like me, they phoned me in the streets and they're like, the, when, 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 I, when uh, I befriended them, I realized they were so like me. So we used to share together. This is didn't know God, but I grew up fearing God, loving God and all that. So time came and uh, I was like the many people I realized from my experience and people that are suffering and need my support, they need someone to come up and speak. They need someone, let me fast cross this door because the light is so much. So much. Okay, sorry, sorry. And then um, I came up with an idea of starting an organization that support the LGBT community. Because in Uganda, being an LGBTQ member is really taken as a crime. It's not something that is acceptable. People do not accept us. So all that being rejected from churches, it was also a need. I realized from my experience that the people that need a place to worship, the people that need a message that says, 
the human, because I am, and the people that need to realize that being who you are is not evil, but it's you. So this is part of you. You can never be someone else. And then I need to preach this message that tells them that God loves all people. He doesn't discriminate. Though churches and religious leaders discriminate us, God loves us. So when I start doing this... 100%. Yes, many people started coming to me. I wasn't looking for them, but they started coming out to me because I decided to stand and raise a collective voice for many people, thousands and thousands of people. Yes, that's so you you created your own. I saw a, a picture online. It's a big old rainbow, and you that you created that yourself. You created that tent, and they all they will come because there's gay people everywhere. Queer people are all over the world. <laughs> We've been here since the beginning. So um, do you find, and just correct me and school me on this, it's interesting in Africa mm. specifically, right? So the Christian philosophy was brought there by white men, mm. you know? And, and then everyone started to... It's interesting. I always find it interesting with colonization because that's basically things, places were colonized and a lot happened. Do you find how much, um, sorry, that's my dog. How much, um, how much of your culture and your faith crosses over in in what you do and how you do it? Uh, pardon, Athan, I didn't get what you said. What was it? So, sorry, I live in a very busy household. Um, how much does your faith and your culture cross over the way you, te- you teach and the word of God and, and, um, and how you elevate the queer community? How much do you put those together? Because, you know, the Christian philosophy is not, from there, originally, you know, a per- people brought it to you, and everybody took it on. Um, so, what is that like? Wh- what is your what's your cultural background to bring in the Christian faith, God, and then obviously your queer fabulousness? Okay, um, yes, true. <laughs> Um, from my culture, there is no one that believes that someone can be an LGBTQ person. Uh, specific, specifically, no one believes that someone can be, oh, sorry. Oh, yes. Uh, no one believes that someone can be gay, lesbian, transgender, or intersex, or a queer, and at the same time be uh, Christian. So everyone is against that. But I've realized um, before coming up with an idea of coming up with like starting a church, starting an organization, I've really witnessed people committing suicide, people dying, people being beaten, people being killed for who they are. At times they're not killed, like, but they have those that self-torture and then they end up killing themselves, just like the way I was. All I thought was killing myself. Why? Because I grew up believing what I, what people were believing, like this, my society, my culture. Even though too religious, but they were too against human beings, like 
LGBTQ people. So with my culture and then um, religion, they all believe, 98% believe you cannot be an LGBTQ person and you sometimes be a Christian. But to me, I, uh, I, I started working on my relationship with God. I've read the scriptures and it doesn't like condemn me as people condemn me. Nope. They condemn nope. people who are like me. So however much my culture, my religion, and all that do not believe in a kind of person like me, but I realized that's not from the scriptures. It's not from the Bible. It's not biblical. It's personal, like someone's opinion to stand against. And I realized my culture, my religion is not informed about us and about our rights. You know, here the things that um, African cultures, the things that they believe in, and again, at the same time, the, those that they, what they believe, they harm, injure, or affect other people. But if we to stand and then serve God, we need to overcome. The Bible says, as, as it is, so we are. So if we to serve God, we have to welcome everyone. Because I realize today I celebrate diversity because I believe God created his own people and everyone he created, he has like something unique. We all say that God created us in God's image. It's true. But Anthony, I don't like, I don't look like you. And you don't look like me, but you and I were created in God's image. So we should always, if we to worship God, we should know that everyone was created by God. Because personally, being gay is not something that I dreamt of or something that I was inspired to do, but it was something that I found myself doing. So it's like, it's not my own making. But the creator designed me in this form. And there is no way I can run out of my own self. I'll always be me. Even when I try to, when I try to fight myself, I try to come out to people to pray for me because I believed maybe if it was a spirit, it would, of course, go away with prayers. But I remain the same person. The church today and my culture stand on the story in the Bible, and this is the story of uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. We get this story from the book of Genesis chapter 19. And those say that the city was destroyed because of homosexuality. And from the verses, like what people say, the church today, the religious leaders always say, it's a question in my mind. It's a demon and a spirit. You cannot convince me that this spirit, because we all know spirit stays everywhere. The spirit is just everywhere. You cannot tell me that the spirit concentrated or it stayed in only two cities. So if they to base on this, that God destroyed the cities, due to this uh, people's sexuality, then the whole world had to be destroyed. We expected, we have to expect something to happen in Egypt, 
something to happen in Canada, no, sorry, in Canaani or wherever, but the two cities being destroyed. I love the Bible. It tells me in uh, Ezekiel, that's 1646, that the cities, Sodom and Gomorrah, if they were destroyed because people that possessed these cities were so arrogant, they, they engaged in sexual immorality, talk of rape. The Bible says in uh, the same story that when, the, when these men, when the angels came to Lot's house, then these men of the city came and forcefully they were telling Lot, bring the men out so that they may use them, so that they may know them that's having sex with them. So this is rap. So they were arrogant. They were not, it, the destruction was not because of the, the sexuality, but because of the way they conducted, the way they did things. They were arrogant. They never hoped the poor. They never feared or respected God. That's all. That's why the cities were destroyed. Today in Uganda, we named many names, provoking names. You can walk on the streets and then someone calls you a sodomite. Someone calls you something big, insulting. But to the true story of what they best, where they best to attack, to silence, and to to destroy the LGBT community. It's the story they do not understand well. Wherever, I believe even in America, everywhere, if someone is to silence a gay person will come up with the story in the Bible. Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed. Why? It wasn't because of my sexuality. It was because of the way they behaved. Yeah. Well. Am I over <laughs> No, it's, no, no, no. Uh, it, and it plays true today. Look what happened in America with the Capitol and President Stupid Dumps Trump Trump. And all of that mm. happened with the violence and people died and things got destroyed. It happens a lot because the leaders, well, the leaders aren't very good and they don't care about anybody else. They want to dictate to you and tell you what you should be doing, which unfortunately... A lot of churches do that as well. If you don't do what they're telling you to do, they won't accept you because it's not their rules, which is not why the church was created. But it's what people do to keep people coming back. And they believe it. It's in in a way, it's a cult. You know, in a way, it's cult-like. It brings up those things. It's only designed that way. But what's it like for you when you're outside on this, I don't know where you set up your church, but um, when you're doing this, with, I just love that there's a big old rainbow flag. Often people think about Africa as, you know, people getting murdered, beaten. It's against the law, I think, in a lot of states there. What, what's, are you nervous? Or do, what do you come up against? Okay, thank you so much. <laughs> Yeah, it's something that many of many people would advise me not to do for my security. Yeah, it's so scary, and uh, I'm hearing these services on air, but internet with the rainbow flag. This is me. Um, I really, from out of my experience, 
I gained confidence. Because we are accused of cases that we've not done. When someone like your sexuality, it cannot be something, it cannot be an offense. Like someone accuses you for who you are. It's like accusing one-eyed man and then you're accusing them. Why are you, why are you having one eye functioning? It's not his own making. So I, I gained confidence. I do this and many people are telling me it's dangerous, but this is, this is what I know. If someone steps on you, like if someone is stepping on you, unless you're shocked, that's when you'll be helped. But if you decide to keep quiet, you will die and suffer. So I, I, I decided to join the rest of the world to change the narrative. What, how people, like we have uh, camps here, like in our neighbor, neighborhood here in Kenya, they have Kakuma, but people like of same sexual orientation, sexual orientation, people like new people and lesbians in that place, they're always beaten. I always read on Facebook, people like are shed with blood is just flow everywhere. People are beaten and tortured. So me, I have this heart. I don't want to see this. I want to see a world where everyone is welcome. Yeah, uh, when you go around, I think in Uganda, my church is the first church, yes. And men, I think men are questioning. I know, I'm sure um, soon and very soon, maybe, maybe the plan is to attack me, whether the plan is to kill me. I don't know what will happen next, but I'm very confident to speak for LGBTQ persons because we need to leave. We need to breathe. We need the air to breathe and we have to request for it. We need to see our rights being respected. We're not criminals. We're not sinners. We're Godish people. We're not different from any other. We need to be accepted. Because uh, here in my organization, we are having many homeless LGBTQ persons. But when, like, when you sit them down to listen to the stories, they'll tell you the families do not want to see them anymore. Like, this is evil. Everyone needs a family. Everyone needs someone. Needs a home. So just imagine when all of us here decide to kill our souls because of our sexual orientation, because of our gender. It's not something that ever, like, it's not something that will be important and uh, something that will be supported. So we need to stay. We're not harmful. We're not poisonous. We are human and we can be, we can do great things. Today, people in Uganda are not, when some parents realize that their sons and daughters are LGBTQ persons, they attain top giving them services like education. You find that the number of illiterates are LGBTQ people. Why? They're denied the services. Only that uh, organizations have come on board and they're trying to advocate, sensitize people, mobilize them about LGBTQ persons. But it was even hard for someone who is HIV positive to access a service like a health care service. So having a church and um, raising the flag of the LGBTQ person. Yes, uh, at times I saw get nervous, but it's something that I feel I have to do because I decided to be a voice of many, 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 many.
in prayer, as I as I mobilize, gather them, and create access to services, is what something that I want to do. Yes, that's my heart. Because I believe my heart is to serve and to serve those that are left, to serve those that are rejected. I always, the Bible is my best friend and it always encourages me. Like it, the Bible encourages me a lot. And there is, when you read Isaiah 61, it says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. So it's the same thing with me. The spirit of the Lord is upon me to proclaim peace, to declare peace for the left, like those that are forsaken. If you no, know, if all people decide to stay silent on our community, there is nothing that's going to change. We need to raise voices. We need to stand. We need to do something. Many times, because uh, I don't believe that LGBT community started with my time. I believe they were there. But people were in fear. They lived in fear. They lived in... Um, denial that life and nothing was like changed only torture and living in a painful life but today we want to change this before i die before i leave the world i need to do something personally that's what encourages me that we need to put things right we need to talk we need to raise that voice yes well you are raising that voice. Uh, I think what you're doing is, I do think it's brave and I think it's beautiful. I'm glad we connected. Um, I just uh, I just think it's great. We're gonna meet someday in person. I'm gonna go there and we're gonna meet. I'm, that's my goal uh, is to meet Thank everybody that I've, <laughs> that I've had on the podcast. So I, uh, to wrap it up a little bit, I usually ask my guests to give words of wisdom to my queer youth listeners. What would you tell them? What is some, um, some wisdom you could uh, give to them? Okay. So um, I want to welcome all the viewers and uh, the queer people. I want you to know that you're important. You're so unique. I've always shared with my people here in Uganda who are like me because I love reaching out to them and all that they say, the non worthy. Don't believe what other people say about you. Other people have called you an animal. Other people have called you some, okay, yes, we're animals, but we're not wild animals. You're not wild. You're like, I said we're animals. Science says it, plants and animals. So we're human beings. Right, so I want you to have self-esteem, confidence. Just know that you're living your true version. That's you. You'll never be someone else. You'll always be you. So be confident in who you are. Love yourself. And I want you to know your father, that's God. I'm talking about the heavenly father. Forgive you for all your sins. So what? Repaint, what is this? Change your mind from thinking of negatives, like God hates you, God condemns you, the word of God condemns you because people have really fed wrong information, have fed you with wrong information. This is it. I want you to forgive yourself and start living as you because you will always be you. You will never be someone else as you are. 
Hello. Yes, hello, Anthony. Woohoo! Yes, hello. Yes, I'm back. I'm sorry. In Uganda, we're experiencing uh, like we like the internet was cut off due to the elections that we had on 14th January. I don't know when. Yeah. So, yeah, VPN VPN is always a challenge. So the network goes on and off. But I'm glad I'm back. Okay. Um. Yeah. Just just finish what you were saying. Or start again, oh, yes. words of wisdom. Yes, uh, I want to share with the queer people that in this, they always have a soft axiom. Be who they are, because they will never be anyone else. You always be you. Time firm, yeah. And together we can change the narrative. Where can everybody find you? Uh, yes, uh, I'm on Facebook and uh, we have a Facebook page. Oh, sorry, we have a chat. Facebook page and we have an organization Facebook page. Our Facebook page on what on our organization Facebook page is Web of Legacy Alliance Initiative. And our church page, it's Adonai International Ministries. So when people hear international ministries, I think they think maybe it's a part of the church in America, part of the church in any other country in Europe. No, it, it started with me, and I believe I'll take this message of inclusivity, engaging LGBTQ persons in church to all countries and continents. Yes. Well, it's a, yes. it's a great calling. I think you're a great human, human being. I'm glad we connected. We'll continue to have conversations. And that's it. Thank you. Thank you so much for that informative conversation. I will put all the links um, to get involved with the pasture on the um, description of the episode. And of course, thanks to my on-air sponsor, Michael J. Grabowskitz. And I'm your host, Anthony Giorgio, and thanks for listening to another episode of QT, Queer Teen Podcast, encouraging the next generation of queer youth from across the world to stand up for what's right. And remember, listen, learn, love.